the rioters had abandoned all concern for themselves, for their safety, and for their freedom. Some threw rocks, stones, cans of beer, and soda at police in cars and police on foot. Heavily burdened people staggered out of the doors of supermarkets, followed by billows of smoke. Men and women carried electrical appliances in their arms, and some pushed washers and dryers down the middle of the street. However, nothing, not the voices trained to relay excitement, nor the images of unidentifiable looters entering and leaving unlighted shops could, cap could capture the terrifying threat of a riot, like the stench of scorched wood and burning rubber. Radios blared. Watts is on fire. Television cameras filmed a group of men turning over a car and a young woman throwing a bottle at a supermarket window. The glass seemed to break in slow motion. In fact, throughout the duration of the explosion, every incident shown on television seemed acted out at a pace slower than real time. Sirens screamed through the night, and television screens showed gangs of young men refusing to allow fire trucks a chance to put out fires. Burn, baby, burn. The instruction came clear over the radios. Burn, baby, burn. Then I walked. The smell had turned putrid as plastic furniture and supermarket meat departments smoldered. When I reached the main street, I stopped and watched as people pushed piled high store carts out of burning buildings. Police seemed to be everywhere and nowhere, watching from inside their cars. A young boy, his arms laden, his face knotted in concentration, suddenly saw me. He asked, you want a radio? I was amazed that there was no guilt in his voice. I said, no, no, not yet. Thanks anyway. Ordinarily, I would have read in the boy's face or felt or heard. Uh-oh, this woman knows I've been stealing there would have been at least an ounce of shame. But his approach had been conspiratorial, as if to say, we're in this together. I know you not only know what I'm doing, but you approve of it and would do it yourself if you could. Smoke and screams carried in the air. Someone behind me was cursing long, keen streaks of profanity. It became hard to discern if the figures brushing past me were male or female, young or old. The farther I walked, the more difficult it was to breathe. I had turned and started back to my car when a sound cut the air. 
the loud whine of police sirens was so close it stabbed into my ears. Policemen in gas masks emerged out of the smoke, figures from a nightmare. Alarm flooded me, and in a second, I was dislocated. It seemed that the sirens were in my nose, and smoke packed my ears like cotton. Two policemen grabbed a person in front of me. They dragged the man away as he screamed, Take your hands off me, you bastards. Let me go. I ran, but I couldn't see the pavement, so it was nearly impossible to keep my footing. I ran anyway. Someone grabbed for me, but I shrugged off the hand and continued running. My lungs were going to burst, and my calves were cramping. I pushed myself along. I was still running when I realized I was breathing clean air. I read the street signs and saw I was almost a mile away from my car, but at least I wasn't in jail. Because I had run in the opposite direction from where I had parked, I would have to circle watch to find my car.
Our your friend Charlie Pawnshop was a glorious blade. I heard the flames lick, then eat the trays of zircons, mounted in red gold alloy, Easter clothes and stolen furs burned in the attic, radios and TVs crackled with static plugged in only to a racial outlet. Hospitality Southern style. Corn phone grits and you all smile. Whole blocks novi. Brand new stars. Policemen caught in their brand new cars. Chugga chugga chugga. Get me one nigga. Looting and burning. He won't get far. Lightning a hundred watts. Detroit, Newark, and New York. Screeching nerves, exploding minds, lives tied to a policeman's whistle and a welfare worker's doorbell finger. Spirit walked with me on my second visit to the exploding section of Watts. I became invisible in the black community. I had to stop and stand still when I realized that no one seemed to see me. When I had visited Watts on the first day of my new job, no one spoke to me or commented on my presence, but I was seen. This time, I could have been in a white neighborhood. When a black person appears in a white part of town, there's a moment of alarm, but if the black doesn't appear threatening, he is erased from the white mind immediately. In the black community, a black person is always given her humanity. On this visit to Watts, the responses were different. Neither the looters, the police, the spectators, nor the National Guard took notice of me. A group of young men was bouncing a car filled with white passengers whose faces looked like Halloween masks through the car windows. Terror bulged from their eyes, and if the windows had been open, I would have heard the screams pouring out of their wide, gaping mouths. A phalanx of police slipped by me and were upon the rioters quickly and quietly. The officers began handcuffing the offenders, and I turned my attention to the now settled car. Its inhabitants were exchanging smiles that I didn't read as smiles of relief, but rather of satisfaction. They had come to Watts to get a thrill, and hadn't they done just that? The newly arrested men were marched close enough for me to touch them, but neither they nor the police regarded me. I came upon some people who were sauntering down the main street, casually taking in the sights. They were so at ease in that uneasy time and place that it was obvious that they lived in the neighborhood. Their concentration was on the stores and the burned-out shells of buildings, so they didn't see me. The havoc now had areas of calm, 
and either I brought serenity with me or it found me wherever I was. I watched as people sifted through debris. Each whole cup or unbroken plate was treated as a treasure. A woman smiled with pleasure when she found a matched pair of shoes. A man passed me carrying a pair of well-worn pants. He was grinning. On the first day of insurgence,
This is the Found Round Sound Show. John Cutter, Bobby Bradford. Thank you. 
realize that these have all been instruments that are sounded by being struck. You have probably invented your own percussion instruments without realizing that they had a name as a group, such as beating the cover of a pot with a stick. sitting in the shade of a rock, watching his sheep, and lazily breaking a reed and blowing through it. Then he broke a second reed, a little shorter than the first, and he heard... Then a third, shorter one was broken off. Finally, he had a group of them. He put them side by side, closed the bottoms, and blew across the top.
addition of mechanical blowers and pipe stoppers to replace the human lungs and fingers.
Woodblock, and you haven't mentioned my name once. Sorry, I didn't notice you. You look more like a block of wood than an instrument. I'm possibly the most important instrument in the entire percussion section. Listen. Says Woodblock to the triangle, it's very plain to see that you're not very versatile, not half as much as me. The sound you make is rather weak. I guess it's just as well that you can't go. You sound more like a bell. Says the woodblock to the kettle drums, you're hard upon the ears. You make more noise than 20 boys or 50 bombardiers. The sound you make is awfully loud, and so I must assume that you can't go. Cause you can only boom. Says the woodblock to the cymbals,
she'll be back. But today, again, I've lied.
I'm almost there Gotta keep cool now Gotta take care Last car to pass Here I go And the line of cars Drove down real slow And the radio played That forgotten song Test foot to rest. Time 
here you're going to employ specific musical intervals with the mantra. The pronunciation has been explained in the textual version.
folks, if you're listening live, to catch a movie on YouTube with Mike and Carl, the two next mantra that I'd like to share with you comes from the
MutinyRadio.fm is the flat sound round, flat sound round anytime. Ontario And I take comfort From memories there And in my mind I still need a place to go All my best changes Were there
me, Lord. What have I ever done to deserve even one of the pleasures I've known? Tell me, Lord, what did I ever do that was worth loving you or all the kindness you've shown? Jesus, I've wasted it, so help me, Jesus, I know what I am, 